to the Shadow Play Gaze. We are a podcast that discusses the 1997 anime Revolutionary Girl Utena, um, but we already finished doing that. So now we're talking about the movie that caps off the series, Adolescence of Utena. Um, if you're listening to this, you've hopefully already listened to the first half of our coverage of this movie. Um, we took a little week break there, but we are back to discuss. Um, I guess if you're listening to this, um, like binge listening to Shadow Play Gaze, uh, have a little patience with us if we like repeat ourselves or are uh, not quite consistent with uh, the things we were saying in the last part. But, you know, you just got to deal with that. And, um, of course, I am one of your hosts, Derek Reining, and I'm joined by the little red crocodile to my choo-choo. It's Christine Palin. Oh, that was very cute. Yeah, we're not going to be consistent at all from the first part to the second part. I've now decided the jury's straight for Mickey. Yes. Um, <laughs> we've I completely should... changed. Yes, I mean, I to be fair, like, to me, I have, like, a really bad memory, so, like, I definitely, my takes will, are, want to change at the drop of a dime, um, but no, I, like, people should forgive us if we, like, yeah, are not, I don't know, following through with maybe things we brought up in the last half, um, that we did, um, uh, because we both need a little vacation, so, there. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm in Nova Scotia right now in a studio Airbnb with Opera GF, so if you hear rustling in the background, that's her <laughs> translating Italian, um, oh. so, <laughs> but hopefully it won't be too loud, but, yeah, if you hear little noises, sorry, um, but, yeah, so we last left off, we, a little before the halfway mark of adolescence, um, because mm-hmm. we just had had so many internet problems we ended up yes. going way longer than we wanted so the last scene we talked about was the scene with that scene with mickey and jerry in the underground car garage mm-hmm. um and where shiori is trying to convince jerry to duel utana and jerry's like yes queen of course <laughs> um and that's where we left off um yeah do we want to make any comments on that before we continue? I think we kind of covered. I'm sure we probably plumbed the depths of that. So yeah, we can get right into this next scene, which um, takes place in the dueling arena. Yeah, the, our combination dueling arena rose sky garden, um, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Uta like meets Anthe at night um, in the rose garden, and we had kind of like in the people I don't think ever meet in the rose garden at night in the show. I don't really, yeah, I don't really recall any nighttime Rose Garden scenes other than maybe um, there might have been one between um, Mikage and Mamiya, like, maybe in the flashback. I don't know. Otherwise, they meet in, like, a a different garden, but not on these, not not the birdcage. Yes. But this yeah. This scene's kind of a combination, like, the way it's set up of, like, meeting in the Rose Garden, but then Anthe is barefoot, kind of standing over the edge, and then it might remind us of the scene towards the end of the show, where Anthe is, like, considering suicide, and Utina finds her. Um, and But we see her watering her roses, but she wasn't doing this when Utina arrived. It's like she started doing this after Utina showed up, so mm-hmm. is this a performance, perhaps? <laughs> yeah she forgot she's like oh shit uh act natural and she just starts watering the roses um yeah um yeah I, I think it's interesting that it's at night because I feel like I usually associate nighttime or like this sort of like field of stars uh, like aesthetic with like the tower like Akio's tower um and specifically their um like we said the Ikea hand-holding bed moments usually have this big star field um right next to them so it's very reminiscent of that um, and I, I like that. I like that we're kind of 
drawing visuals from different parts of the series and um, that might have different associations for the Utsuna Adi relationship um, and maybe a part of like an equivalent part of the movie that would equate to like still like the first 13 episodes of the show basically um, so I think that's a, another sign that we're kind of in another uh, or I guess like a sequel zone to me at least is what this is telling us yeah, I would say this movie does a lot of, like, remixing in terms mm-hmm. of, like, taking the symbols, the places, the characters we are familiar with, that we associate certain things with, and presenting them in just a slightly different way. And that's exactly, like, this does feel like a combination of kind of the tower, the dueling arena, the rose garden, like, all of it together and creating something completely new, but still using that familiar, like, visual language. Um, so, so Utena kind of shows up and she... Uh, starts asking Auntie about, like, if she really does those things with anyone who wins, referring to, like, having sex with anyone who wins her. Um, mm-hmm. And Auntie, again, very unlike the Auntie for most of the show, is very direct and asks her, do you want to know about Toga? Because she knows she wants to know about Toga. Mm-hmm. And instead of kind of just, like, being cryptic, she straight asks her, like, do you want to know about Toga? Perhaps is he your going to say most likely is he your prince mm-hmm. um and Utsuna gets very angry and knocks the can out of her hand grabs her pins her to the ground we never see anything like this from Utsuna in the show um the closest thing we get is when she slaps Mikaje and like <laughs> beats him up um but that's really the only time we see something like that and um but it, in a, it's in a similar way in that, like, Makache was really getting at the core of her, her, like, clinging to the illusions of the prince. And that's what Andi's doing here. She's like, is Toga your prince? Is that why you're upset that he might have, like, if he had won me, that means he fucked me? Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, Utena only really gets that physical, like you said, when someone's actually, like, needling at the truth with her. Um, so that makes sense that she would react this way. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so, um, they start talking about the stars, um, and how they're, I believe Auntie tells her straight up, like, there is no prince, like. It's Utsuna who says there is no prince. So this is, I really read this as, like, the moment where Utsuna, because, like, we talk about, like, Utsuna's finally starting to, like, she she hasn't let go of the prince at this moment. She's Mm. not gonna let go of the prince until she says goodbye to Toga, um, in the elevator. But she is, like, accepted that there is no prince. She's not ready to completely let it go, but like she is like having that moment where she just can't hold on to the illusion anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because she, you know, she asks Anthe, are you the reason Toga is acting different now? She's trying to outwardly blame this whole thing on Anthe, which is people love to do. That's like yes, the main, that's the varsity <laughs> sport of Otori Academy is blaming <laughs> Anthe. Um, Uchan starts crying and she says, you know, I thought he'd be beside me. He was with me when my mother and father went away, referring to like the image of the prince, like comforting her when, she, when her parents died, as we saw on the show. Um, and Auntie kisses her tears, which I thought was really sweet. I wrote, Auntie kisses yeah. her tears. Oh, wow. I think I was trying to say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we see, like, Utena with her head in Auntie's lap. It's it's wow. a really, it's kind of like this moment of rage has turned into just this, she can't hold on to it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's very intimate. And so, of course, you know, Auntie has to start swinging an axe because that's what Auntie does. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like that's uh, the the moment when we see her with the the big ice knife with yes. Nanami, where we get that little horror movie moment, and it is kind of like when she pulls the first time you see her with the axe, you're like, oh my god, like what's gonna happen? Because you feel yeah. like this movie does have the sense kind of anything could happen. Um, and she, but she gets up, swings the axe, and cuts the power, and like floods the rose garden. Um, Which is so again, fierce. So fierce, so slay. Like the again, the water imagery in this movie is everywhere, and the water reflects is a reflective surface. You can drown in it, but it's also acts as a kind of mirror, mm-hmm. um, and it reflects the stars. And now all the roses, the symbol of the prince, like washes away, and all they're left are the with are reflections of themselves. Mm-hmm. And reflections of the stars, and they gaze at each other. And Auntie and Utna calls her Hememia, and they dance together in this really beautiful scene. They're, they're, the character designs from the show are reflected in the water. Um, this is really lovely uh, song play, plays. I think it's Toki mm-hmm. Naiwa, oh. I think. Oh, uh, yeah, I, the beautiful scene. Uh, I love the dancing, like you said, love the visuals. And I also love the the, the fact that it's um, Auntie is kind of the one initiating this. Um, not even kind of. Like, she's the one who's really leading the action, and she specifically wants to, like, look at the stars with Utenov. But as we know from the show, Auntie, at least in her show form, did not like looking at the real stars, as she said. Um, so clearly something has changed. I feel like that was, that was pretty obvious from a lot of her behavior in the movie. But I think this is yet another sort of tick in, like, box that's ticked like Auntie now not only can like stand to look at real stars but also wants to actively look at them with Utsuna um and dance under them it's it's a really beautiful scene and yeah I love I love the reflections um it's beautiful um yeah yeah it's a really deliberate choice on Auntie's part to choose mm-hmm. to wash away the roses mm-hmm. and show Utsuna the stars and like show her that there's something beautiful in the stars like because she's like I thought you know we were supposed to look at the stars together and it's like we can but we don't need the prince to look at the stars mm-hmm. um and I believe and also just like the the fact that this is the moment that tr- really brings them together and it's um without words it's without dialogue without explanation it's just dancing and holding each other and gazing at each other mm-hmm. very much like you know the moments that came closest to connecting are those quiet moments in the lesbian Ikea hand-holding bed Mm -hmm. um, where they just like touch each other's hands and look at each other. Um, And I did the, the one like production note on this is that this was like a, this, the dancing scene here was used. What what was at the time, like really like novel 3d animation techniques. This is something that couldn't have been done even like a couple years before um, the way. So if you, if you're interested in learning more about it, you can, there is like a, director's commentary for this movie i that you could perhaps find if you were to dm me i could you know <laughs> explain how you can get that um and again like ikahara mostly like does not explain things that happen in the movie <laughs> but he does give some interesting production things and this is one of the things he talks about how they did this scene um so yeah it's if you're an animation nerd you might be interested to learn about this um and the scene has been referenced quite a bit um in more contemporary uh, Western animation. This is something that was definitely referenced in Steven Universe um, multiple times, I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, I think Pokemon referenced this. I think, <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. 
That's beautiful. <laughs> um, I mean, you can't blame them. It's a beautiful scene. This is a really gorgeous movie. I mm-hmm. feel like um, coming off of the show, um, you maybe a lot of people are probably just jarred by the like differences between the show and the movie. But I think the movie is just like really gorgeously done. Um, top to bottom, just a really beautiful movie. Um, but yeah. So speaking of tops and bottoms, though, it's time to <laughs> um, draw each other in art class. Which feels yes. like sort of like Degrassi High, and I love it. Yeah, I love this transition with the music still playing in the background into art class. Um, we see Wakaba with a guy who I think is the Onion Prince. He also could who just knows? be a guy. Just some I think, guy. I think we had the same question about the end of the show. Like, is she hanging out with the Onion Prince or just a <laughs> guy? Um, and an art teacher who is played by Ikuhara. Um, oh, that course. is his voice. Um, Ooh, oh, God. That gave me a bad... I just watched Old... Um, for, <laughs> And M. Night Shyamalan is, like, in that movie, like, multiple times. Um, and so He went to the beach that makes you old? He did. He was, yes. You. I don't want to spoil old, um, which I famously gave one star uh, on Letterboxd, um, which is pretty generous, I'll be honest. Um, but, yeah, so that just triggered me. I was like, oh, my God, no, creators in things. But Ikuhara, voicing a teacher, I can get behind that. Have you seen The Visit? No, I've heard it's good. The I visit's need to watch it. really good. I really uh, enjoyed the visit. Anyway, we should do an <laughs> M Night podcast. No. Oh my god. <laughs> no, Sam and I um, already did that when we covered the Avatar: The Last Airbender movie, so we're good. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, so Ikahara art teachers like draw each other. Don't get bogged down in detail. Capture your partner's essence. And Anthe and Utina pair up, and I just love this scene of Utina chasing Anthe through this school. Um, it's like really funny. Um, I also want to make a note in spoilers for Sailor Moon, but in Neptune and Uranus's like origin story episode, there's part of it has to do with like Michiru's like drawing, like she wants to draw um, Haruka, um, and she has like a similar like like sketchbook to the one they use here. Just Aww. making that connection. That's beautiful. <laughs> But lesbian yeah, Anthe, like, art book. Yes, lesbian art um, I would, oh my god, could you imagine if Michiru and Anthe hung out? Like, and like, no, they need to go on a double date. <laughs> I can see that for them. Just be weird <laughs> and, as fuck. Um, anyway, Anthe takes Utena up to the tower and says, "There, we're a lot up here. No one comes here. This is no longer, as we'll find out why, this is no longer Akio's space. Mm-hmm. Um... And they look at the view as an airplane flies by, and they just so different how the tower was in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't think we ever saw an airplane in the show, did we? Is this a new thing? No. We, well, we saw Nanami get on an airplane to go to India. That's true. But never that's true. In the sky. I never want to forget that. No, I do love, because obviously, I feel like we haven't talked about this yet, but Nanami is just like not present in this movie, except for a notable mm-hmm. cameo. Um, so maybe it's safe to assume she's, it's fun to think she's like on her own little adventure, maybe. Um, but we can also talk about the other theories as to why Nanami is not in the movie. But I don't know if we want to save yeah. that for when we get let's there. Get the, let's save that for when we get to the cow. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're running around and then um, they fully have a draw me like one of your French girls moment, um, which is so amazing. It's very erotic and like. That, that's something that's so interesting about this movie. It's like it's way more sexual than the show, um, but in a tasteful mm-hmm. way, I would say. I don't think it's ever, obviously, like you never see much 
Um, and I think it's in service, obviously, of just developing Uten and Ati's relationship in a way that, you know, yeah, they also are physically attracted to each other, and that's okay to recognize as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they're drawing, um, and, oh, no, I don't want to skip over, my note for the airplane was, they watch a chemtrail go by. (laughs) (laughs) There are chemtrails at Victoria Academy. Maybe that's why everyone's so gay. What are they They're making the frogs gay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, (laughs) Utina's just doing her Utina rambly thing, Mm -hmm. where she's, like, trying to take a ring off. When she when she tries to take the ring off, Anthe's eyes widen. Like she's like not like about that, and she's like, just let's not be talk about being engaged. If we're gonna be close, let's do it properly. Like she's like, I feel better. We should be close to each other. We should talk about e- our problems. Blah blah blah. Like she's like, open up more. And then Anthe asks them to switch positions. And I said, portrait of a lady on fire. Eat your heart out. Um, <laughs> this was like when I watched this movie. I was like the first time I was like, oh my god, this is so particularly in fire. I've just mm-hmm. seen in that film where um, Marianne, the painter, is painting um, Eloise, and then Eloise says, let's let's switch, and because Marianne thinks she's in like the position of power as the painter, and she said, let's switch, and she puts Eloise puts Marianne in the position of the subject, and says if and like. Like, or no, she doesn't have this, but she has to come to my, she has her stand next to her and look at her where she was standing and says, like, if you're looking at me, what am I looking at? And it just so that's this scene reminds me, just evokes that for me, not just because lesbians painting each other. I was going to say, a lesbian watching the second movie after Portrait of a Lady on Fire Fire vibes from this. (laughs) But but no, just the idea of, like, what does it mean to be seen and, like, Mm -hmm. and to see someone and... Like that's just the like acknowledging the positionality of that, and like we can imagine this as like an equal partnership rather than like the relationship of like artist and object. Like, why don't we? Why don't I draw you? And that makes you to know uncomfortable, especially because Anthe insists she gets naked. Mm-hmm. Of course, very smooth. Anthe's very smooth with it. She's like, well, it's for <laughs> art class. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. We have to capture the essence. We do. Um, yeah. So uh, Anthe is sketching Utsna, but then uh, is it Utsna who brings up that it's not fair that she's the yeah, only she one? Yeah, she says, if I'm the only one being the model, it isn't fair. Um, which is, I want to ask, I want to like, what, what were you doing before? Like, yeah, she was drawing Anthe before. She's like, no, it's different now that I'm naked. Um, which like mm. fair, but it's like again, like. We're talking about like nudity here, but it's really getting at the idea of like the self. It's, yes. This isn't necessarily, of course, we with these two being who these two are, there is that element of like romance and sexuality, but like it like narratively and symbolically, it's also about the self. Like, I mean, I mean, I feel like that becomes very clear here with this yes. next scene. <laughs> yes, because Andy stands up and addresses, and we get this moment of like horror yes I, mean, I, can, I cannot talk enough about how incredible this moment is i think just from like a pure like movie making standpoint this like the sound of the airplane engine just like getting louder and louder and it's like impossibly louder you feel like there's no way it's just going to keep louder and it just keeps building and building and building and building and then finally um we get this reveal um Anthe has a hole in her apparently yeah, like it. It's this like 
Yeah, the plane. It's just the sound. Again, I've referenced the sound design in in, mm-hmm. in this movie is just nuts. Um, and we, it's also like Uchan in this moment sees all like the painting weird paintings and they mm-hmm. all transform into a picture of Anthe, like naked Anthe with the long hair. To me, it's almost like she's like seeing the truth that at the base of everything regarding the prince is the subjugation of the rose bride is the subjugation of girls and women as we again the power of the prince is derived it's not, it's a feature not a bug and it's yes. like utna is like being faced with that material reality by like looking at the paintings and seeing that they come together to make a painting of of, of Andi and then be confronted with the literal hole in her chest from as we'll see later it's like from when akio stabs her mm-hmm. um before he falls out the window it's just like oh like chills it's so Absolutely. and the way even if you've seen the show you understand the reality behind it but it's just a new way of having it visualized that's yeah a lot more terrifying and i love the way auntie talks about it she says um i'll show you why everyone wants me like it's framed in such a weird um almost i don't know in such an odd way she's like explaining to utina why she's such a prized possession like to use that I, I don't know, like, obviously we don't think that Auntie is a yeah. possession, but that's her, like, that's how she is treated by other people, especially Sayonji. Um, so, yeah, there's this, the whole reveal, and then this was originally where we were going to um, cut off, because this is a pretty <laughs> dang amazing cliffhanger, I would say. Yeah. Because suddenly, um, we get, we start hearing buzz about a videotape. Someone has a videotape. The Shadowplay girls are back. They have mm. a videotape. Yeah, the girls, they have their radio, but now they are like, you know, we are also pivoting to the visual medium. Um, (laughs) They're really getting with the times. They were first theater and then radio. And now they're like, we've got videos. What was that phrase that people were using? Was it pivoting to video? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's going to work for them. I believe it. It's going to work for them. So they're like, we have a controversial videotape. Um, And then we just cut to this weird, like, just too long, like, (laughs) short film of the Nanami cow, Choo Choo, and a little, like, the little red creature that she already drew on Toga's back. And then the three elephant students um, from the show. Like thrown and not the Nanami cow across the swamp, mm-hmm. and then Choo Choo she falls on the ground and then Choo Choo pees next to her, and then she s- gets mad and sucks him in and him and the red guy into her nose, then passes out, and then the red creature tries to eat Choo Choo, <laughs> and then the video ends and the girls are Art. like wrong video. So, <laughs> what do you do? You have any read on what's happening here? Or my read is just kind of it's a fun little like. Yeah. way to include Nanami. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. I think that's the, yeah, it's just, like, purely hilarious, and, like, and the fact that they, like, wait until like, it's over to be, like, I think it's the wrong one. <laughs> it took them that really long. <laughs> like, yeah, I love yeah. this scene. It's so funny, and, yeah, this is our only look at Nanami in the movie, and a lot has been talked about of this. Um, mm-hmm. I believe the official justification from, I don't know if it was from Ikuhara, or someone else, but they're just, I believe their official response was we did it to piss off Nanami fans. Um, but I think, and I think this is a pretty popular um, interpretation is that Nanami, like if we're thinking about Otori as a place where people get trapped, um, Nanami maybe, since we've, we've made a lot about that during our discussion of the show, maybe Nanami has achieved what Anthe was able to achieve, which is she got out of Otori. 
Um, and that's my personal read on it. I think that's, um, I don't know, it makes the most sense to me why, because why would you deprive yourself of letting, like, Nanami be in your film? That just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean, like, I think literally, like, yeah, like, I don't buy the we did it to piss off Nanami fans. I think that's just the funny answer. Yeah. Um, but I, de- I think, A, I think logistically, I think including Nanami just would have made this movie a lot more complex because yes. Toga is such a big part of it. You would have had to, like, like, again, like, Shiori is such a big part, which I think people confuses people. <laughs> like, why is Shiori, like, a main character in Nanami? He's, like, not in it at all. But I think Nanami just would have complicated things so much. Mm-hmm. Like, just, for, again, just from a logistical point of view, like, um, but I, I definitely am of the opinion that, like, if we look at this as, like, Utena and Ambi's leaving the world. Like, I think there is a really good chance Nanami could have, like, yeah, in the time between the the show and the movie, like, the in this new Otori we're in. Yeah, Nanami, like, very likely left. She was definitely the next one to leave. If we think mm-hmm. that there is, you know, someone who's going to be the next to leave, it's going to be Nanami. Um, and so I think that is a satisfying conclusion we to come to. And that the cow is just this, like, it's, it's not really, I don't believe Nanami's a cow in this world. That's just like, she's just like, does not, her presence is not needed here. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is not, does not need the school anymore, um, for the story to go along. But I definitely think a big part of it is just, I think it would have been too complicated to work her into the whole toga thing, um, with him being this ghost um, and this, like, one of the most important figures in the film. Absolutely. Uh, agreed on all parts. Uh, but yeah, so this is the fake the fake videotape, apparently. Although I feel like that was already controversial enough. Um, it should show what can. Yes. <laughs> it, it's part of Letterboxd's uh, list of 22 films that were booed and had walked out <laughs> that can. Yes. I'm sure. Um, but yes, yeah, so um, the Shadowplay Girls put in the new tape. Um, and we are greeted with an image of Akio and um, Kaine in uh, um, in the car, right? Is that who's with him? Yeah. So it's it's um, we start the video and it's Akio with Kanai. Like we never like get the name. We never get Kanai's name in this movie, but it looks it's like a blonde Kanai. woman. Yeah, wearing so. kind of the similar clothes she wears. Yeah. Um, and Akio, so I think we should address the fact that Akio is a lot more feminine and flamboyant. Mm-hmm. Um, he was already pretty flambo- a little flamboyant in the sh- in the show, but he has now got, as we referenced, he's a different voice actor. A kind, I think a little bit of a higher voice, mm-hmm. um, and definitely like the way he's dressed, um, and then the way he moves. So he he's very <laughs> flamboyant in his movement. He gets in and out of the car and then like rolls over the hood of the taxi. Oh, um, so funny. It's it's you know he's like dancing across the so he because he's dancing across the roof of his car and he reveals the car won't run because he lost the key. So he needs to take a taxi. So he's like lost access to his like symbol of power which mm-hmm. i would say is like perhaps connected to auntie leaving the school at the end of the show like she really was the she was the key to everything like li- like li- like i didn't make that pun connection when i was saying that but like, <laughs> she is like the the prince is the prince is only able to continue playing prince if he has like a damsel in distress if like a princess to save a rose bride to desire and so if like we talked about like kind of like what 
at the end of the show, like, what does this mean for Akio in the dueling system? I think this kind of shows us he can continue doing the motions, but like he's significantly like weaker in that yes. he like does not have that kind of carrot to like convincingly get people to go to believe him. He has to do all these little dances and he can't drive anymore. <laughs> he's a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> um yeah, so I agree. Yeah, he's, like, much more of, like, a classical, like, dandy, I guess is the way you would phrase it. Like, the idea of, like, mm-hmm. which I think makes sense because I feel like this tape is supposed to show us, like, it's not showing us really Akio so much as it's showing us, like, Dios, kind of. Like, it's, like, the prince. He's, like, very revered in this videotape. Um, I love the fact that he, like, answers the Shadowplay girls um, when they, like, they ask him some question. He answers it directly. Um and uh yeah i i just thought that was hilarious i i love that this videotape is like has lots of moments of comedy um but is also just like disturbing at parts um Mm -hmm. so uh they describe him as the textbook prince um and he like you said he starts talking about losing the key um and he goes home to anthe um yeah so the prince, he's less, like, visibly intimidating and, like, yes. but he's still able to cause, like, real harm because he goes home to Anthe and roofies her yeah, um, and rapes her. And I really love this scene, uh, like, obviously love in sense of like like find it interesting and appreciate how, exp- like, the, the, how much more explicit, yeah, like, it is made of like, I feel like the show is pretty explicit about what's happening, but just this level of him having him drugging her and it being like, uh, this is the way with the video camera, this like voyeurism to it too. Mm-hmm. It's like really unsettling. It's just the whole, but like the shadow girls are like narrating it like very excitedly. It's just this very like disturbing con- like concoction. Absolutely. And the like record, um getting stuck on repeat mm-hmm. is like a scary little note as well um yeah so they uh like you said pours the drink roofies her um and uh they call it like the secret of the rose bride this is mm-hmm. basically they're showing unchina like and we don't know if Uchina's like seeing this i don't think they mm-hmm. really establish if this is just for us or if this is like maybe in looking at the hole in Auntie's chest, Uta is like suddenly privy to this knowledge. I don't know yeah. if they really ever talk about that, but I think that's safe to say like maybe Auntie like is like verbally explaining it to Utana in this moment. We are getting the videotape version of it is probably a good guess at like what's happening because Utana's behavior I think is colored by what she witnesses or mm-hmm. what she's like having this knowledge. Yeah, and so the video we get, just as we're getting to what is the most disturbing part of the video, what we think is the climax of the video, as we'll see, is not the climax of the video. Mm -hmm. Um, We get, like, the record scratch into, like, the silent bells of victory going off, and then the card cut to the duel music for the jury Utena duel and pretty much from this point forward it is movies like straight music um <laughs> and i i read um maybe it was in the, maybe it was in the director's commentary like Gahara and like was very inspired by like 50 1950s like hollywood musicals um mm. in terms of like the score for the movie and like the rhythm of the last like half hour of this movie um because from this duel on 
it is just song after song and especially the car chase um is very much like it was like the pieces of music were written to like go along with the action Mm -hmm. um i just love the climax of this movie yeah Um, it's amazing (laughs) so this is kind of for me where this is the ride to the finish um and I love, love, love the silo- the black and white silhouettes. Um, we we always saw this associated with Jury and Jury's duels with Utna, so it's fitting that it comes back again. We see Utna and Anthe kissing, and like um, Anthe, you know, Utna pulls the sword of Dios out of Anthe. Um, mm-hmm. The Anthe sword pull is done with a kiss. There's no evocation for Dios. Like the ritual of it is just gone. Mm-hmm. It's all about kissing, which I love. It. <laughs> yes, um, girls kissing. What if we? That's- pulled the sword of Dios away both girls <laughs> um and yeah and then uh Shiori gives Jerry a sword too but they do not kiss they get close I just love them like just like inching close and you're like are they gonna kiss and you know they're not but it's they just, can't like, bring it's themselves like, it's just it's like painful I love this like painful silhouette and I just love whenever we get these two pairings kind of paralleled with each other uh, because Shiori is, of course, often in parallel with Anthe and Utena in Jury, and so just this this duel is just great. Um, and uh, yeah, Jury and Utena are not dueling in a dueling arena. They are not dueling in the Sky Garden. They are dueling in this very narrow platform in the middle of the school, and everyone is watching. This is yes. what I think a lot of people would assume the duels would be like in the show, um, like. The duels are very theatrical, like it is, you would assume people, there's an audience, but there's always, you know, there is an audience, it's always Anthe, and maybe a couple other people with opera glasses, <laughs> but yes. in the movie, it is for everyone to see, um, and there's just, there's no room to run away around, you can only go back and forth, it's just such a different space. Extremely, yeah, that's something um, that I love about this, and it adds to the, like, almost unreality of it all, it feels like we've really moved into something completely different here um like yeah it's just like it makes it feel like unofficial um like i feel like in the show they establish you know this is what duels are supposed to be like and um the like yeah they're usually very secluded and it's just like a few people there and the fact that the entire school gets to watch um is very interesting and feels like intentional on the part of maybe shiori um yeah yeah, because Shiori in the movie is all about this, like, making kind of a spectacle of mm-hmm. Jury and, like, making her play the prince. And, like, Shuri, Shuri, we see Shiori's completely uninterested in the outcome of the duel. Um, she walks away shortly after it starts. We can presume she's going to fetch the videotape. Yeah. She's all about the spectacle of it, of, like, she gets the outcome. She wants the second jury duels for her because it's like, I have convinced jury to play the prince once again for absolutely nothing. Like, <laughs> literally, like jury gets nothing out of this. Like, she, like, first of all, jury loses. It's like, well, Shiori's not going to do anything to get closer <laughs> to her. Their jury wouldn't know what to do with herself if Shiori got closer to her. Like, it's yeah. just like Shiori has jury in this, like, position of like perpetual self-torture and everyone can see it and the ultimate simp and like shiori has this like it's her way of like exercising this like very limited little power she has i can make this girl's play prince for me Mm -hmm. and be miserable um and yeah like so we get these side-by-side shots of anthe and shiori and shiori walks away because she looks bored (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah this all puts um shiori also in like an akio position too like mm-hmm. she's taking the place of akio essentially in this and that she's like the one initiating these duels here and making people duel each other um 
and just like Akio, she's like, I don't need to watch this. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, and just like Akio, to obviously a lesser degree, thinks she is like a mute, like, like has this sort of limited power, but like, and it's maybe everything. thinks she's immune to like the trappings of this system, but she's Absolutely. like the most trapped out of everyone, just like Akio is like the most trapped out of everyone. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense then why she's the one who goes and gets the videotape, because yeah, she needs to, like, that's essentially what her fate will be if, you know, the pattern keeps repeating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're dueling, um, and, you know, they start talking about Toga. Yeah, so it, we confirm that Jury can see Toga. Um, up until now, we she hadn't mentioned him. So now we have confirmed again. I mentioned this. The only people who ever see reference Toga directly are Juri, Shiori, Auntie, and Utena. And what do all those characters have in common? I'll let you decide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fruity. <laughs> um, and we confirmed that Mickey can't see him. Oh. Um, so so Mickey's straight. not a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, so yeah, there's this like Juri teasing Utena. You know, she talks about playing Prince halfway. And yeah, we have a direct reference to Toga, and we jump back to the scene of Uta and Auntie in the tower. Auntie like pointing out the castle and says, "That's what it means to win with win me." And they're naked and holding hands. And Auntie's, you know, trying to convince her not to throw away her mark with the rose. She's like, "You can have the castle in the sky." What do you think? What do you think of this? Because like, Auntie like is like trying here and then when she tries to get Utena to stay before they do leave is this Anthe like again just that kind of like fear like when she kind of like that moment when she stabs Utena like that fear of what will happen if things crumble that's what I think because I feel like she's obviously um gotten to a place in this Otori where Utena is like willing to like dance with her under the stars and stuff there's no Akio here um their biggest threat is Shiori so, like, Auntie's probably feeling pretty good. Like, she's like, you know, maybe it's, oh, like, maybe we can just, like, live here on this Otori. Like, I can see that um, once again. Yeah, I think it's part of a pattern maybe for Auntie where she feels like she's gotten good enough. And she's mm-hmm. okay to, like, settle for that, um, at least in this moment. It's, yeah, especially if we assume, and I do assume Anthe remembers a great deal, if not everything, from the last Otori. And, like, when she was in the last Otori, she couldn't imagine a world like this, where, mm-hmm. like, Akio's not there, she and Uchna can kiss and dance, and, like, she's in the tower alone. Um, and so now that she's here, she remembers, like, she's like, God, there's no way it could be better than this. Yeah. And she can't imagine the outside world. She can only imagine she's like, she's like a better Otori is all there is. So like, I I do. Yeah. That's, I think that's a fair read to have is that like, she's just like, I've got kind of what I wanted. Even she Mm -hmm. did think something she didn't know she wanted. She's like, I've got this and that's enough. Right. Well, I mean, to be fair, well, it's like, yeah, she does leave the old Otori, but it's like her expressed like intent is she's going to find Utna. And she has. She found Utena. She never really said, okay, then we're going to go from there. Um, so I think we're kind of watching Athi in real time have to grapple with the fact that she still has things she needs to work through. Even though she got out of one Otori doesn't mean she's out of every Otori. She's mm-hmm. still got her own hurdles to cross. She um, And she's, yeah, one of those is she gets comfortable and she gets scared and she sort of turtles up and says, no, actually, I'm, I'm happy with what I have here. Um but as we know, that's that's you you know that's not 
what the show wants you to think. That's the yeah, and it's an understandable response from her <laughs> given the, the unimaginable trauma she's experienced. But yeah, 100%. It's it keeps not, her trapped. It does, yes. She's, yeah, um, comfortable in the birdcage is the way you could put it. But, you know, I think that's part of, yeah, because it would be boring if Auntie just didn't have a character arc in this movie. <laughs> like, she just <laughs> yeah. comes in, she realizes and she's fine. Like, no, she has to go through some growth, too. Like, she's not done growing. No one's ever done growing once they reach adolescence, like, they get past adolescence or whatever. So yeah. I think it's totally fair that she's not, like, the most perfect, amazing, like, kick-ass woman who's here to save her girlfriend and bounce like she has stuff to work through too mm-hmm. so we have we have this that scene interspersed and then we cut back to the duel where jury knocks the sort of deos removed in his hands much like he does in unfulfilled jury um and teases her about being the prince again and unlike unfulfilled jury where we just have the sword fall from the sky utina like transforms into dios um like and on the totally shell-shocked and jerry teases her again about being the prince and utina lunges like grab picks up the sword of dios lunges forward and and scatters jerry's rose i love the shot and the, the mm-hmm. musical cue like as she like barrels through jerry and jerry just looks stunned and the belts of victory go off and Anthe says for a moment there you looked it um referring mm-hmm. like you you looked like the prince i mean she literally does become dios and exactly my read on this is it's just like, like now that like Akio's kind of like literally he's dead. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Akio's gone from this world. Like Utna is like able to like access that like essence of the prince, but it is again still just this like false image. It's like she's doing it for good again, like not for like anything bad. Um, but it's, but it's yeah she can't rely on that forever and it's like yeah I feel like Dios like the image of Dios is just like a physical manifestation of like the prince like I don't think it really has anything to do with like whether Akio is alive or anything like that I think Dios is just like when someone sees the prince like manifest in this world that it takes on the form of Dios and so and like you said like no one really reacts to it other than Anthe um and so it's like hard to know whether it's like everyone else sees this happen or not um if it's just something that maybe um Auntie is seeing happen um but yeah so jury's a loser as always jury's a loser jury takes a huge l once Big again l. yeah um and but her loss is completely upstaged because we get the music is still going. Um, I we won't do a full like read through of this this dual song, but just it, this one is referencing a lot of stars, like constellations, nebulas, um, re- like the idea of like um, like uh, the Chandra, Chandra oh god the Chandra Sakara limit, which is the limit before which a white dwarf is able to maintain its form, and once it passes this limit, it experiences gravitational collapse because a different type of compact star, such as a neutron star or black hole. So again, like all the songs just referencing like transformation and mm-hmm. change and like an end and a beginning. Um, so the music's still playing. So we this is kind of a hint that the action. Like, the duel is over, but the action is still going. Yes. And the Shadow Girls are running through the halls and by windows. And we see, they're, like, reveal that Akio is dead. We see Kanai mourning his dead body, which is, like, within seconds been dug dug out of the ground. <laughs> um, this Again, the whole end of this movie just feels like a musical with how so well-timed the music cues are. It's mm-hmm. just so, like, bam, bam, bam. And Shiori shows up and accuses Amthi 
Um, she says, I know who did it. It's the one who keeps the roses. It's the reason for her, f the reason for her flower bed was to hide her brother dead. Um, I have a question. Is she rhyming in Japanese? Can oh. someone? Yeah, I, I do don't not know. listen close enough because the subtitles all rhyme <laughs> with Chiori's talking here. Interesting. That would make a lot of sense. And it would feel very, I mean, it feels like very, um, like you said, like a musical or even like Shakespearean, this yeah. like, sort of like declaration of um, betrayal or tragedy. Um, but it also is coming from a very selfish place for Shiori. Like she's not doing it because she like liked Akio or is like, no, it cares about justice or the right and wrong. She just wants to get one over on Anthe <laughs> and get her in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, and so, but like that line, the reason for her flower bed was to hide her brother dead. That is the role of the Rose Bride. It's to cover up that the prin the prince is the Lord of the Flies. Mm -hmm. That is what her magic does. So like again, Shiori is not wrong. No, um, but as we see, also Anthe did not kill Akio. Um, we'll get to it in a second. But yeah, so like Utena looks over and Anthe is gone. She chases her. Jury looks at uh, Utena running away and sees Dios running away and says the prince. Um, so, yeah, so we, we see the rest of the video mm -hmm. of the, um, the video where Aki was drugged Anthe, and he realizes she's been awake the whole time and only pretending to be asleep. And this, like, he, he loses it. He's yeah. like, have you ever been asleep? Um, this what do seems... you make of that? Yeah. I, like, I find that, like, his reaction is, like, really terrifying, um, but I, I don't know. I feel like maybe there's a lot to read in this and like, I don't know, maybe the sense that uh, Akio, like, I don't know, like the physical reality of like him drugging her, I'm not sure about, but I feel like what it represents really is like him recognizing that, or like he maybe has a moment where he rem remembers that this is not just like a body. This is like his sister who's like a living, breathing person um and has like a consciousness and awareness and like he just for a moment re remembers that and that like sends him spiraling and suddenly he's like reckoning with the fact that he's been doing this to a person like that to uh, like his sister like he's dealing with that I think in real time but I also do think there's another aspect of it where maybe it's like if this Otori existed before Anthe showed up here, maybe this is the part where uh, like our Anthe shows up and just like inhabits this Anthe. I don't know if you want to think about it, like what like literally is the actual reality of what's happening here. I would say that's maybe a, a theory I could get behind of like this is the moment when our Anthe shows up in this Otori. Um, but I also just I, I I prefer the read, I guess, or the this read makes more sense of the idea of like it's just Akio. Um, suddenly gaining like a guilty conscience in this moment and that's what sets him off and ultimately leads to his demise. Yeah, I mean that tracks for me. For me, I, I think my the the through line I'm kind of following from the show is that like he needs to believe that she is complicit. Mm -hmm. Or that she's okay, like like she's like I don't know, like that she, I don't know because it's weird because it's like she's going a lot because in the show he like wants her to like walk towards him. Right. Um, but then and here he needs her to be asleep. Yeah, I think this, it's like this Akio can't have, I think either way, it's sort of the same idea of like, he just doesn't yeah. want to recognize her, um, ability to even choose in any instance. Yeah. It's just in this version, he sense, takes that, yeah. he just robs the choice of her completely by presumably drugging her. Um, mm -hmm. whereas in the show, it's more about like 
physical and psychological control over her rather than just like literally drugging her and i think it also a part of it is obviously like the movie just kind of having to like really get to the point of like what's happening here and make be very concise in what it's trying to tell you and so like that's just a pretty easy visual shorthand for like this is what's happening uh mm-hmm. to and yeah that would be my thought and i don't know yeah. in the show we saw him drug um can I too so it's like not about like I don't know it's not unbelievable to think that maybe he did also like spike on these drink every like in the show at some point and we just never saw it yeah so he starts freaking out um he's like looking for his key and he says I can't find a key the key a car without its key is stuck and goes to rust and then he takes it out on Anthe. he just stabs her she's trying to talk she's like you're the prince you can do whatever you want and he doesn't want to hear that um and he stabs her like but that's how she gets the hole in her chest and he stumbles out through the window to his death so Anthe did not kill him but she buried the body mm-hmm. um and that is like again that is the role of the rose bride like um she did not create him she did she's not the reason he's he like can no longer be a he blames her for all that it was really the mob and the unrealistic expectations and the fact that the prince's powers aren't legitimate in the first place but it is her job to kind of tidy keep things tidy and looking yes. nice and, and like, take the blame for if anyone does find out yeah and so she that's that is her role and again i just love i mentioned at the end of the show i i do love the choice that like have Anthe leave without akio being dead like, I, again, I understand the impulse to, like, want to see Anthe kill Akio. And so that's why, but, like, that's, to me, not as narratively satisfying. And so, again, yeah. in the, when I watched the movie and I realized he was dead, and I was like, but he's he's dead on his own, like, weakness he, and, yes. and patheticness. And she, he dies, but she doesn't need to kill him. Um, I just love that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the idea, yeah. I obviously, like, cathartically, it'd be nice to see Anthe just, course. like, chop his head off. But it's, like... It's way more sad that he just has, gets to sit here in his little sandbox by himself and have no power whatsoever. Like, that's a way better victory. And also, yeah, his whole dueling system was about using violence. And so why would she need to use his system to, like, get one over on him? Like, she can, yeah. she just doesn't even want to participate whatsoever. She doesn't need to pull out a sword to defeat him. She can just walk out, and that's how she defeats him. So, yeah, I like this. I like that, once again, like you said, it's his fault. He stumbles and falls out and dies um yeah yay. <laughs> i've seen yeah yay i've seen some great fan art of um drawing the painting of judith slaying hollow furnace oh and it's like uh, uten anthe like like anthe like or one of them cutting off his head and the other That's one holding. beautiful <laughs> i love that <laughs> but also love what they did in the canon narrative <laughs> yes of course <laughs> um yeah <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he falls over, and then we get some great Black Rose imagery suddenly is where we're at, which I'm obsessed with. You, you This is where we, Derek stands up in the theater and starts and clapping. I, I clapped. <laughs> yes, we all clapped. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so we – but it's it's a little changed. It's some traffic mm-hmm. signs, um, and I love that they um, – there's, like, a little sign that says engaged couples wait in the back. Um it's just, a, a, I don't know, fun little notes like that. These little, like you said, remixes of the show that, you know, again, I hope no one's ever watched this movie without seeing the show. But if they have. I know someone who has. My friend Sadie. She, oh. I like 
she's like saw the movie like show at a convention in like the 2000s or something because I thought she like had watched the show so I like DM'd her when we started being like do you want to be on the podcast and she's like I've actually only seen the movie oh my god that would have been fun <laughs> Um, I think she, like, yeah, said, like, she's going to watch it eventually. But, yeah, I was like, you're, and she liked the movie, apparently. <laughs> it's like. Okay, I can get down with that. I mean, I can see, like, a version, like, if this is your only exposure to Utena, like, I feel like you would probably love it. You probably would be so confused, but that's, like, part of the appeal. I think people who've watched the show also are confused when they watch it. So mm-hmm. I think that's a totally fair. I, I can understand how someone, understand how someone would like the movie but i feel like yeah you just are not getting as much out of it it would be the i don't know what the fuck she's saying but girl i am living exactly uh, of movies <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so we're in the black rose elevator and it's mm-hmm. utsna and toga are here yeah toga uh, they're across like the glass um mm-hmm. it's, it's like different a from our yeah what are you gonna like, say? Well, in the elevator, I guess before there's this like hole, but here yeah. it's like the, it's almost like a, a like an interrogation, but it's mm. it's you can see through both ways. I don't know, so it's it's not I don't know I don't know what the equivalent <laughs> is. It's like in um, Love Is Blind, uh, except they can see each other. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Love Is Not Blind. Love um, Is Not Blind coming to Netflix. So this is where we get the whole explanation about what Toga's deal is. Because if you're watching this for, for the first time, you're like, what is Toga's deal? Um, and they discuss, starts discussing the dueling game. And he says, everything here is built around the prince, yet there is no prince in the flesh. That's why this game is necessary, in order to fill that void. Um, when she became the Rose Fry- Bride, referring to Anthe, the castle of eternity showed up. And Uchina says... There was never a live prince to begin with. I don't think we need to comment on this much because this is just like literally like the crux of the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. They're yeah, they're yeah. This is like the show um, or the movie, like kind of catching up to where like the show is at. Like at, by the end of it, you start to understand that yeah, the prince has been long dead, and the duels exist solely to prop up Akio's. Um, delusions of like keeping the prince alive and not just his but everyone's but it's Akio who sets it up to keep the idea of the prince alive um and uh yeah so they're in the elevator um and they also reveal that Togo is the prince who drowned um and he's been dead the whole time boo oh my god I see dead people only lesbians (laughs) see dead people though (laughs) oh my god like this is slowly becoming an M. Night Shyamalan uh, episode. <laughs> I, I, I don't that enjoy that. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so um, we get this really beautiful scene of like the uh, it, like filling up with water, um, mm-hmm. and like Utena is sort of like putting her hand up and kind of you know watching Toga get taken by the water. Um, it's really beautiful. Yeah, and in this this song that's playing here is called Abraxas, the Sunlit Gardens. So it's like a combination mm-hmm. of the student council theme title and the Sunlit Garden. Um, wow. Just the first part of this. This is a really beautiful piece. If we make opera GF analyze music, this will be one of the ones. She has headphones on, so she, I don't think she's hearing me say this, but this will be one of the ones we make her talk <laughs> about because I just I want this piece. Opera GF, there's a train coming right towards you. <laughs> Red. Um, so you know, uh, he like tries to get her to come with to stay with him. Like I'm here now. Like that's isn't that enough? I'll love you until the end of the world. 
um, and he turns to leave um, and the water starts filling his room Mm -hmm. and she tearfully thanks him for being her prince and kisses him through the glass. And this is what Utina does, which she was never able to do in the show is let go of the image of the prince completely, um, but while also being able to recognize that it was something important to her, Mm -hmm. which is just, I really love this scene because it's like, there was nothing wrong with Utna to have found like hope and solace in the prince. Mm -hmm. Like that is by design and it did help her at the time, but she's able to recognize that she's ready to move past that now. And it's just really sweet. And 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 this is the true moment that allows Utina to leave. She's a levotory. She has said goodbye to the prince that just does and continues to mean something to her. Um, but she recognizes he has no power over her anymore, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I it's similar to the um, what we were talking about with Akio, like not being killed. Like it's way more satisfying to see Utina, like thank Toga aka like her idea of the prince than it is to see her like punch him or something like fully (laughs) which would also be awesome but like it's just (laughs) more satisfying to see i don't know like utina like you said like not judge her past self for believing in the prince but just like let it go like she's ready she's ready to let it go and there's no judgment there it's just time to let it go and Mm -hmm. so she makes that choice and we're back in the dueling arena yeah, she she meets Anthe in the Sky Garden, and Anthe tells her, "You can have anything here now. You're my true prince. Um, as long, but you can only have what you want as long as you stay in this world." And she Anthe tries to pull the sword of Dios from her chest, but it's just stopped. I love, I love pushing that. the sword back in, being like, "No." <laughs> it's so cool. It's like a great. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a great payoff of always seeing a sword get drawn from people. It's like this sort of like, er, no, 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 we're not doing that. Um, yeah, no and one yeah. ever rejects a sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she's like, no, I don't need that false power. Yeah, which is, uh, yeah, such a great moment. And yeah, this is like where what you're talking about with Anthe comes to a head here, where she's like outwardly like rejecting the idea of leaving. She's like, okay, you know what? Found my perfect world here with you. We don't need to leave anymore. Um, but, you know, who has a different idea from that? A giant car wash, of course. <laughs> yeah, Utina's like, let's go to the outside world. Um, and Auntie's like, uh-oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we do not go outside. Um, and Utina, like, grabs her hand, pulls her, and yeah, Utina gets trapped by a car wash. And so they amazing. Get, they're holding hands. This is very, and they get pulled away. This is much how the, the show ends. This is, again, mm-hmm. like, kind of a reimagining of the ending of the show. Of of them being separated, um, and Uta's like begging Anthe to come with her, um, and Anthe can't, and the rose crest gets pulled off of her finger, and Uta is like consumed by the car, the wash. car wash. And another <laughs> fun production thing for people who don't know is that they had to hire a lot of like mech anime people. <laughs> to, and so That's when it. the movie was like announced, and it was like it was like I like seen who they were hiring, and that they were looking for like teams who could like animate like cars and stuff people are like what is going on in this movie like because it's like all swords and they needed like people who had worked on like more people who worked like gundam type shows period (laughs) who could like do like like 
like kind of the me- me- mechanic mechanical stuff yeah and yes, it's for I, this, this scene and then the ending <laughs> i love that so much it's perfect um weird like mental connection i've made i think it's probably just because i just rewatched this movie um one of my favorite movies of all time tangerine um it just for some reason i'm uh, have you ever are you familiar no oh okay well there's a, 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 a to me a very iconic scene that involves a car wash in that movie as well not quite um as uh fuck yeah is this moment because no one turns into a car in that movie but you know just a little connection i made um mm-hmm. but yes <laughs> that not to give it away what just happens but um utana becomes a car yeah we get a different version of zotai unmei mokushiroku as utana is transformed into a very cool pink car by mm-hmm. the car wash um and also like descends from the sky with auntie with her um so this is just so, this is one of the most, like, out of context memed about moments Absolutely. Of, of related to Utena. It's Utena, like, it's like the Nanami cow, the Nanami egg, and then at the top certainly is Utena turning into a car. And it's, yes, it's absurd, it's funny, it's cool, but also makes a lot of narrative sense given, like, how important cars are associated, and, like, how they are associated with power um, but whereas Akio was always driving in circles, literally just like on the yes, same sir. like stretch of road, never leaving the kind of air outside area of the academy, Utena has a purpose and a place she is going, but she cannot go alone. A car without a key turns to rust, and that's what we see happening. Um, mm-hmm. Utena starts rusting, and Anthe realizes she has the key. Um, and she's had the key the whole time. And this is just really beautiful because it gets at their dynamic at the end of the show of like, as I think I've mentioned, Utena had, they needed each other. Utena had optimism. Utena had like purpose. Utena had, could imagine better things. She had but drive. She, she had drive, but she had no understanding of how the system works. Whereas Anthe had no hope. She had no, she was completely beaten down by the system, but she knew how it worked. And they needed each other to fill in those gaps. And rev Utena's engine, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, Um, so they, yeah, they fit perfectly together. And I love that Anthony just is like, okay, fine. Like, this is what's going to happen. Like, we're going to the outside world. And she turns that key in, you know, um, as a Fast and Furious fan stan even you know this is just the perfect confluence of everything i love right here you know <laughs> this is what family is oh my god um <laughs> so yeah on the like they, they start driving and there's the writing on the ground this is kind of a callback to the prince who runs through the night the writing on the ground saying stop 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 um mm-hmm. this time it says be careful you will die <laughs> um and Eco and Fco hop on the, the live radio coverage, and then we see this high-tech command center with hundreds so of Shadow Girls good. with headphones. It's like a NASA like <laughs> command like hub. It's, it's Nerve headquarters, 100%. But with you know Shadow Play Girls. It's just like disproport. It feels like disproportionate to what's ha- like the amount. Like what are all they doing? Like, yeah, they would do that though. Like, I know you all But it is like a monumental moment. I, I say it's disproportionate, but it is like this is Utsunanti like self sex self actualizing and like mm-hmm. understanding being finally being able to understand themselves outside of the context of the school. Um, 
And so they're like narrating the car chase. They're like, there's only one car, so naturally it's in the lead. Um, <laughs> but then, uh, 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 there's another car. You thought a only sh- Utena could become a car? <laughs> a Shiori car going very, very fast with like lacy seats. Oh my God, I live. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Shiori. Shiori, she is serving. She's serving guns. <laughs> As a car. <laughs> Um, she's serving car um, <laughs> and she says the what I think is one of the greatest lines of dialogue ever written ever it, it makes me laugh out loud I literally every single time I watch it it's so good I have a shirt with that says this and says that's part of this oh. and she says the immortal words are you surprised it's a big mistake to think you're the only one who could turn to a car I'm a car now too <laughs> <laughs> so good like they knew what they were doing when they did that. <laughs> like whoever like put that to paper, like that. Pulitzer. I, I it was like the Alyssa Edwards like laughing at her own jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, it's it's that. so funny. It's <laughs> so funny. Um, when we get off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Shiori car starts like ramming into the Utsuna car. Also, um, we should assume it was Yoshi at Akindo who wrote that, because he wrote the movie, so... I can only hope. He should... Yeah. <laughs> what a king. Um, what yeah, a king. so she, anyway. Shiori's trying to, like, beat up the Utena car, um, and then, um, like, the, an entire swarm of cars show up. Um, yeah, like, because Shiori crashes in birth. Like, she... Yeah, she gets taken out pretty easily. Do, do the job because she has no one driving her. <laughs> like, um, mm. she is motivated on pure rage alone. <laughs> um, and that is not enough to no, she is not self-actualized. Like, mm. she is like still working in service of the system. She's like, I am gonna do this because you bitches, like, I we we have to be in competition. Yes. I hate you because I hate women because I've been conditioned to be I'm obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with them and I can't process that naturally and so I'm gonna try to hurt you and that is <laughs> you can't leave Otori Academy when you're acting like that. Um yes, not allowed. And so she very dramatically explodes and <laughs> and oh, yeah, the horde of black cars, they're reference of locusts. We see yes. a swarm of locusts on the Shadow Girl Command Center. Um, we also see our three matching boys holding signs. They get a, another cameo. <laughs> kings. Um, kings. Um, we can maybe assume that these are like the the stand-in for the Swords of Hatred. I think is I fair think to so. say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah, and I like the comparison of like locusts because I feel like the swords were treated that way too. It's like a mm-hmm. swarm of like insects. It's very biblical, or like a plague, like coming down on you. Um, and yeah, they start just like pummeling the Utena car. Um, and, you know, Ati's, like, crying out for help, and help she gets from none other than Jerry, Miki, and some other guy. <laughs> yes, I, Sayonji on the Wakaba car. Yes, the Wakaba car. That's a fun detail. Which is a pun. What, it, it is? It's a How? pun, yes. So, um, so on the back of the Wakaba car, there's, a, uh, like, a green and yellow mark. And that is called known as it's known by a few th- names, but it's one of them is the Wakaba mark, and it is the symbol you put on a back of car to indicate a student driver or an inexperienced <gasps> driver. I love that. <laughs> so it is a pun because like Wakaba, that is her name, and her but the mark that's on the car next to the license plate is the Wakaba mark. So she's it is an like, inexperienced driver. Yeah. Yeah, she they aren't ready to leave yet. Um, they're that's... able to 
do enough to drive in the school, but they can't leave. I love that. That's beautiful. And I love that Wakaba's the one who turns into a car for them. She's like, mm-hmm. hop in, ladies. Let's get them. And then, <laughs> yeah. And I love, I yeah, I feel like this part would be really hard to stomach if you had only seen the movie. At least just, like, Sayonji. Yeah. Like, like what is this like, clown doing here? Like, why do I want you to have a happy ending? You suck. We All haven't I can you seen... do is, like... Like, Sayonji interact with Mickey and Jury at all. <laughs> no, and have no redeeming qualities. Not that, like, show, show Sayonji has a redeeming quality, and this one has none. Um, <laughs> so, like, you're like, why do I want him to be here? I don't know. Um, so I think that would be confusing. Um, and they seem to, like, I don't know. Like, they seem very aware of their position. They're like, we're not ready to join you yet, but we will. We'll be right behind you, as I think... Um, We'll follow you eventually. That's what uh, the line is, um, which I love. And it feels like maybe a moment of, like, our jury, Miki, Sayonji sort of inhabiting them in that moment. Like, they become a little aware of, like, the things that have transpired. Um, yeah, for me, this scene is, like, the bi- one of the bigger pieces of evidence is that this should be con- read as a sequel, just because it makes absolutely no sense if you read it as, like, completely separate. Cause, exactly. Yeah, why is Sayonji there? No um, idea. Um, but yeah, like they're like, you know, jury says high goals attract um, good company, which is something like Toga has said, definitely mm-hmm. to my girl with high goals. Yeah. Someone said that. In, yeah. In high goals was a big thing um, with, it, with between Toga and Utsuna in the beginning of the film. Yeah. Um, kind of their um, version of like keeping nobility. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah. But yeah, they aren't ready to leave that. They're like, we'll graduate soon, but like we have things to do, which is I think how we leave them in the in the show. They have come closer to Utna and understand her more and like don't view themselves in opposition to her, but they aren't ready to leave yet. Um, whereas Minami clearly bounced she the fuck ba- out yes, of there. Later. Um <laughs> Yeah, so they, you know, they help save Utna. They like throw a chain and like pull her out and save her from mm-hmm. the cars. Um and but then an even bigger problem appears in the form of a gigantic castle on wheels um the monster truck castle (laughs) (laughs) the grave digger (laughs) and the shadow girls say it's a trap which it is the castle in the sky has always been a trap Mm -hmm. it is now just uh like on wheels it's not only the upside down castle of the sky it's the monster truck castle (laughs) um and Anthe, like, it, they tell Anthe to go back. They're like, you can pull off and leave. You can go back to the school. You can't get out. You can't get through this. And Anthe looks scared at first. And she says, I'm not running anymore. And she powers up the Utena mobile. Yes. And the theme song starts fucking playing. And if I saw this in a theater, I would be like, I would jump like 10 feet out of my seat. Literally. Like, this goes so hard. Same, like the, the, the like clip of people reacting to Spider-Man or whatever. Yes. But that's, it's this instead. That's us. Oh my God. It'd be so funny to like edit that. <laughs> like, uh, we'll see maybe I, I might have free time tomorrow and we'll see you oh, god please but it's just <laughs> oh it's just again the the fucking music cues in the climax of this movie it's nuts this is like i this is just why i adore this movie i get this movie is not for everyone but for me it is just so fucking fun and mm-hmm. like on just on like a visceral level just on a, like that just use the word cinema but this is like to me like cinema, cinema. of just like thrill and like magic and just the first time you someone watches this you're they're just like 
like what the <laughs> fuck and it, that is like I love that feeling of like I cannot believe this exists and like yeah this is the climax of the movie and it's a fucking car chase through <laughs> a monster truck c- castle <laughs> um and it's trying and, to smash you with its wheels and auntie's good at driving she's the gay who drives oh yes she, we found her <laughs> <laughs> i love that for her yeah i she's just like zipping through she's get she's got it she's got it down um they you know they almost make it through um but who should appear to ruin things <laughs> That bastard. I love the kind of, like, beat that starts playing underneath, like, as the theme song folds away, like, kind of, like, fades away, and, like, we get this, like, beat and this kind of, like, vocalization going, and Gyakio, it's, like, this conveyor belt thing on Mm -hmm. either side, like, crushes them and and stops their forward movement as Akio is, like, strutting down the road. Um, really slowly, Akio, again, Akio's ghost, he's dead. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's dressed as the prince. Um... And he tries to coax them back to that closed world, closed world where you can be a living corpse. And Auntie says, "My condolences. You can you can only be a prince in this world." And she's but she's like, "Uta and I need to go." And so she's like fully understands. Like now she was just like in, in the time she's like driven Utna, she is like come so far because she was just saying we can only but like she always understood that like you can only mm-hmm. have these things in this world but she has now accepted that those things aren't worth having like if they mean sacrificing your freedom 100 percent. he even still tries to pull out the whole like well you can be princesses like or he's like you'll have to be princesses here like he's still trying to like confine them but still like offer them like you can be princesses here, which is kind of essentially what Auntie Wook wanted before this car mm-hmm. chase scene. Like, she was willing to be princesses here. She probably didn't recognize that's what she was going for there by staying here. Um, but Akio sort of verbalizes that. And, you know, they say, fuck that. We're going to revolutionize mm-hmm. the world together. And I love such an amazing moment. They say it together in unison. Mm-hmm. Grant us the power. Yes, it's not just me, it's us. Which is like, that in itself is like... So like kind of is the key of the whole show it was never grant me the power like that was like the whole idea of that was wrong it's grant us like ev- like let's all revolution revolutionize the world so good um and yeah so Utena's back she's not a car anymore <laughs> yeah they have they're they're completely naked they have like l- freed themselves from the confines of their roles that they've been playing in the school um and they're now in this like kind of like weird little like just very weird little like what they call the gay mobile like there's no like hood they're just like on this like metal body of the car yeah it's like when i would like pull like the the stuff like my hot wheels apart as a kid that's they're on that part that bot with the part with the wheels yeah and the tr- this really triumphant music plays and rose petals fill the school the castle crumbles and we see two shadow girls which are now kind of like hey like hey dolls with Auntie mm-hmm. and Uchna's named on the name tags mm-hmm. um do you there's a lot of like people like have lots of different opinions about what this could mean I mean I have lots? To, to me my thought is like um the shadow play girls were always maybe this sort of like subconscious um, like the subconsciouses of Utna and Anti sort of acting out the themes of the things they saw around themselves during um, 
like their time at Otori and like the same as here in the movie. Like they were commenting on things only Uten and Ati could really talk about. Um, and so I think that to me makes sense that like they've left and so they don't they don't even need the Shadowplay girls anymore. The Shadowplay girls were their way of like subconsciously communicating. Now they can just like outwardly communicate with each other. Mm. Um, they don't feel as trapped by the confines of Otori where you have to express yourself through theater. You can just say what you mean and kiss a girl if you want to. <laughs> That's interesting. I've never seen that anyone like explain it as that and I think that's really interesting I had always seen I'd seen the suggestion of like this is more just like hinting at the fact that this was just like well like to me it was just kind of like I'll say what I say well the way I interpreted mm-hmm. it and then the other ways I've seen it explained uh, for me it's definitely like they like Uchna and Anthi that we have met like throughout the show in the movie those those who they were there is important to their development, but mm. they're that they're leaving that behind now. They're car- obviously carrying with them the experiences of that, but we cannot assume what they will be become in this new world because they are just now like truly free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that the so for me it's kind of this like play on like the fact that the Uta and Anthi we've known up until now are merely constructs. Mm-hmm of like the school and they, they those they, like they need to kind of leave those at least part of them behind in the school um and then the other way i've seen people kind of interpret it is just this is just a reference to the fact that this graduation this version of otori only existed to facilitate Anthe and utina leaving mm-hmm. that like jury and mickey and sionji and will have their own versions of it and like they will be maybe recast in slightly different roles in the school to facilitate each of their individual graduations. Mm-hmm. I like that um, idea a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I had never really thought about the shadow play girls in the way I talked like the idea of the unconscious mm-hmm. until I was thinking about like when that scene happened, I was like, okay, what does that mean? Like, is this a twist or the, like, were they dead the whole time? Like, I'm, I, that was kind of the conclusion I came to of, and I, I, I don't know. I think, all of that makes perfect sense to me. Um, but I do like thinking about the idea of like Utena and Athi always having to communicate this through this like way, like as like shadows on the wall, not even as themselves. Um, and now they're free of that. They don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have to speak in whatever, in code just to communicate with each other. Um, but yeah, they, they ride off to a world with no roads. Yeah, this, this dialogue here is beautiful um yeah we're heading to rotessa's we're heading to a world with no roads like she's wondering if they'll even be able to make it there and then they have this exchange that is just like so beautiful um and it's part of what why this movie and the show in general like moves me so much and she, you know auntie says utna I, I understand now we were born in the outside world and utna says then we're returning to the place where we came from Tina says, I understand now, too, why you sought me and I didn't reject you. We were together in killing the prince. Um, I liked this, like, climax of the movie. Then this, these lines of dialogue in particular really frame, like, queer love as, like, mm-hmm. an act of revolution. And, like, or, like, that guy would say, like, the revolutionary potential for queer love. Um, and, like, just, like, the, the, the phrase, we were born in the outside world 
it's just like really I think will resonate I don't want to assume that will resonate with but I feel like that would resonate with a lot of queer people it resonates to me of this like Mm -hmm. this world that we is constructed for us was never to hold us we're meant to exist in these spaces and in these roles and it's me less hard been through Mm -hmm. like this wasn't made for me Mm -hmm. and that is so freeing of being like like for me like being like femininity was like not made for me and Mm -hmm. like I was like always meant to exist outside of that absolutely yeah kind of I just love I just think this that sentiment is so beautiful and then of course framing that as killing the prince of like we we were together in killing the prince they obviously didn't literally kill the prince but like jury kills the prince by acknowledging that she is feeling for sure and acknowledging that love between women is possible. That's just what Ante Nutina do by like acknowledging that they could have a potential future together. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that line. I love the, yeah, the idea of a world with no roads. Um, yeah. This ending is the perfect end cap for the show. I think, I think people who just watched the show, obviously we talked about how much we love the finale of the show and how great it is, but I feel like this is just like, you just needed that just a little bit more to really just like nail in the head. Like this is what we were going for. And this is like the future that these two can have together. Um, and it's beautiful. I love, I love this movie so much. It's fantastic um, to compare it to like end of Evangelion and Evangelion makes me feel a lot of different feelings. <laughs> um, but mostly those feelings are like a lot of dread and like terror. Mm-hmm. This is just like pure, like, catharsis i think in a lot of ways and it's it's yeah. a great great movie there's obviously like very tense upsetting moments in this uh movie as well but there um it's all in service of like a very bright beautiful ending for these two people and it's Optimism. it's amazing yeah yes, like it, is, it ends with the like all good movie musicals it ends with a kiss exactly um they kiss and like right off into the sunset but in this like ap- apocalyptic wasteland where it's yes. like we could crash at any moment and but it is like the fact that they are free. And we see this cycle continuing back at Otori. Wakaba showing another student around and, you know, mm-hmm. but they are like finally free from that. And that is, it's like bleak in some ways in terms of like, there's nothing like no, everything is, everything we know is constructed and nothing is like, in is the only, like the right. wasteland is the only true thing, but that is like, so powerful and freeing and exciting yeah because like they said they can build new roads mm-hmm. um and so yeah this is like i said perfect ending um do you have any other you know concluding thoughts you want to give about adolescence of utina yeah my concluding thought is i do think this movie is a masterpiece like i i absolutely adore this movie it's one of my favorite movies i've ever seen again i understand it's not for everyone um mm. but i always just like this movie I could watch over and over again and just still find something new. Like I'd never noticed Shiori is rhyming in the subtitles for that one point. And now I want to know like, she, like what's going on there. She's just a dork. Yeah. She's just a theater kid. Um, but yeah, this is just a masterpiece. And I just think such a rich text and just to read intertextually with the show is just, and you can find endless things. Like just once I've made the connection of like, the death of the prince and who sees Toga and who doesn't. It just like, I just became even more obsessed with this movie because it's just so layered <laughs> and so interesting and I just it adore it. Mm-hmm. And it's visually beautiful and the music is, I'm obsessed with it. Um, do you yeah. have any final thoughts before we wrap yeah, up? I, I, all of that, all of the above, I agree. It's just Wiggins, like, Lanty. 
Yes, <laughs> all of that. Yeah, it's just like it's a running on all cylinders film, and it's it's perfect. And um, yeah, I feel like this this movie is a big like example of what makes Utena so like singular in media it, to me. Like I feel like I will never. I've never seen anything that's exactly like Utena, and I don't think we ever will see something that's exactly like Utena, um, and that's beautiful. Um, and I feel like it has such an amazing um, final message to give us, like you said, like the idea of where we, yeah, let's go to the outside world. Um, so yeah, I think that's that about wraps us up with yeah. our coverage of Adolescence of Utena. Wow. Yes. Wow. But we're not done. <laughs> we're not done. We still have two musicals to cover and some other fun little things we're going to do here and there. Um, so we will be back soon. I don't know if we'll be back next week, for a couple weeks with more things. I don't know if we're going to jump right into the musical. We have another fun thing we were thinking that we've been, we've, we've been working on for a while that we yeah. might try to do soon. Um, we'll see. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> but yes, just um, be excited. Yes. Be excited. We've got more stuff coming. It's not the end. Um, but in the meantime, Derek, where can people find you? Um, you can follow me at Rain Derek's on Twitter. And you can follow um, my other podcast, Bitter Jurors, at Bitter Jurors Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the almost at the very end of Survivor 42. Um, me and our uh, me and our friend Sam Stanish. Um, and yeah, this has been an amazing season of Survivor. And next up will be not just our Legend of Korra book three coverage, but maybe some other fun stuff too. So keep your eyes out for that. Yeah, uh, perhaps. Perhaps there will so. be fun things happening. <laughs> maybe so. What about you, Christine? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at xteen underscore files. And again, if you like Survivor, you can read my writing on Inside Survivor. I write every week with Gia about um, my friend Gia. <laughs> you guys don't know who Gia is, but yeah. Gia is really cool. Name Gia Worthy. You should follow her on Very Twitter cool. if you like reality TV. Um, and where we write about uh, an Inside Survivor together um, about season 42. Um, and yeah, perhaps I'll have some fun things going on this summer. Um, but till then, um, we will be turning into cars and running off to the sunset together. Absolutely. And we will see you soon. Vroom, vroom. Bye bye. Vroom. Vroom.